0: All righty, well grab your seats if you will, uh, so know, would you turn the lights up uh, on here, up here, up here, up oh, there you go, sweet, thank you much, all righty, so grab your Bibles and turn with me to Acts chapter 2, what, there's not, yeah, we're just, we're, this is just kind of, we're going to just do a uh, family style devotional here this morning. So I'm, just, so I'm kind of elaborating on on uh, on more of kind of the last few weeks or so. Um, but if you wanted to grab, you know, there there is paper right there by the printer if you needed to get a, a note sheet for you know place to take notes. Um, I'll, I'll grab some. There's some paper right here. I'll grab out if you wanted to take some notes. There we go. Here's some paper to take some notes on. <laughs> You're welcome. So I should have made at least a blank sheet (laughs) with the date, but here's some, here's some paper right there. If you need some papers for notes, we're going to be in Acts chapter two and four, Um, but uh, cause I'm going to cover four next week, um, but uh, we're going to be uh, just kind of recapping a little bit of what, what's been going on here and uh, talking about it in a way that I want, want to hear from the kids this morning. Since we've got, we got a bunch of kids here this morning, well, I want to hear from you guys. So go ahead and, go ahead and listen. You've got to listen. All right? Cool. So we're going to be in Acts chapter 2. Here we go. Now, when the day of Pentecost had come, that's Shavuot, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like a violent, rushing, blowing wind came from heaven and filled the entire house. Everyone blow. <sighs> Ooh, felt that, right? Blewing from heaven came and filled the entire house where they were sitting, and tongues spreading out like fire appeared to them and came to rest on each one of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak in other tongues, and as the Spirit enabled them. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven, residing in Jerusalem. They were hanging out in Jerusalem for the festival. When this sound occurred, a, a crowd gathered and was in confusion, because each one of each one heard them speaking in his own language. Completely baffled, they said, Aren't all these who are speaking redneck Gentiles? It's, it's, in, the, it's in the Allen version. <laughs> and how is it that each of us hears them in our own native language? Parthians and Medes, Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia... Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and the provinces of the province of Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Christians and Arabs, we hear them speaking in our own languages about the great deeds God has done. All were astounded and greatly confused, saying to one another, What does this mean? Others were saying, They're drunk. Uh, Acts chapter 4. 1 through 4. It's just a short little snippet here. While Peter and John were speaking to the people, the priests and the commander of the temple guard and the Sadducees came up to them angry because they were teaching the people and announcing in Jesus' name, in Jesus' the resurrection of the dead. So they seized them and put them in jail until the next day, for it was already evening. But many, here's the thing, but many of those who had listened to the message believed. And the number of the men came to about five thousand. Five thousand. Right, let's pray, Jesus. We thank you so much for this word. We pray, God, that you would lead us here this morning, uh, Lord. That we would enjoy your word. That we would enjoy your presence, and God, that you would uh, make us family as we study your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, you have a seat. We're gonna grab my coffee here. Please do, buddy. All right. So this morning, we're talking about it's always a good day to share Jesus, to cultivate. Sorry, it's a good day to share Jesus, Share to talk about Jesus. It's always a good day to share Jesus, to cultivate opportunities to show, to cultivate opportunities to show and tell of his love and his goodness. It's always a good, a good, good day. What do you guys do during your days? Yeah. What do you guys? What do you think because he's telling of the of jesus's goodness what's, what's in his hands a bible yeah i dressed like him this morning with the vest <laughs> i should have gotten your vest on this morning but it's always a good day to share jesus do you think kids do you guys think you can share about jesus do you talk about jesus Yeah, Zachy, do you ever talk about Jesus? Hazel? 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 Do you ever get to talk about Jesus? That's a yes or no question. (laughs) Do you ever talk about him? You talk about him? You talk about him at school? Libby, do you talk about um, about Jesus at school? Do you ever talk about Jesus at school? I talk about Jesus at school. You go to a Christian school, I hope you guys talk about Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Gracie, you talk about Jesus? Awesome. Very cool. Because you want to be a pastor? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Zachy, do you ever get to talk about Jesus? Do you talk about Jesus at school, Zach? You do? Yeah, it's fun. So, you read Bible verses? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I love, I love just the the freedom that, especially like when you know, kids. Like when we're, you know, this just like the. I'm just going to talk. I don't care what you think about me. I'm just going to talk about what I what I like. And here's my dinosaur. You know, Gra- you know, came in this morning, telling me about her dream a little bit, and, and telling us about you know, telling Sienna and I about her dream. And it's like there's no filter. It's just like I'm going to talk about what's important to me cuz it's I like it, I care about it, and you should too. <laughs> but somehow around teenage years, we start to care what other people think. And also try not to think too much about what our parents think. <laughs> Until we turn 18 and all of a sudden magically our parents become smart. We're like, "Oh my gosh, it's weird." Well, some parents. <laughs> so, but Thinking about like, you know, like almost like this, well, one day when I get to this place, I might, I'm going share about Jesus, I might talk about Jesus, I might get bold enough or I have to prepare for that day where I feel comfortable enough. I have to get I have to get training. I have to go to Bible school. I can't, I can't tell people about Jesus because I might, what, maybe talk about him wrong. I fear, fear misrepresenting Jesus. So let's just let the past, let's just let the pro guys Take care of that. Let's just let the professionals talk about Jesus to other people, right? But but think about this picture. Like even, even these those rulers were like, which we're going to talk about next week, um, more in depth, where they were amazed that these guys were uneducated rednecks. You know, the, 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 the part in, in chapter two, they're like, aren't these guys Galileans? Of course, back then, Galileans were basically like... Dang, 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 dang. Yep. They weren't viewed, they were like poor fishermen. They didn't, they didn't go to school. They couldn't read and write. They were uneducated. Most of them probably flunked out of rabbi school very early on. They're like, not really caring because who like what do I care? I'm just going to go to fish on the boat with my dad. You know, I'm going to maybe own an olive press. You've seen the, the most recent, uh, most recent chosen episode of chosen. You know, the season three is out by the way. You guys should check it out. It's awesome. So good. I love that show. But thinking about this this passage, these uneducated Galileans teaching all these people, you know. Think about it, you know kids. You, you guys are in school, right? Do you guys know what uh, you know how to you know how to do long division? How to divide you know three hundred sixty four, Jackson? No. There's, do you know how to, how to do long division? You know you're you're learning, right? You know. Do you know do you know how to do what's that? Right. There you go. Like, but there's so many different things that you don't know yet. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Learn, learning and reading your, your new Bibles. Right? But you're still learning. You're like, what? I had no idea that like this dude named Ezekiel talked to this whole valley of dry bones. Like that's in the Bible. It is. Right? Like these weird stories are in the Bible. <laughs> yeah. different- I'll do a series one time, you know, sometime where it's like all the weird stories in the Bible. You know, <laughs> that we that we like to skip over really quickly. You know? <laughs> well, I know. I read them faster than the yeah. other words I read in the Bible. Yeah. yeah, so a lot of times we don't slow down to, to think about and learn through them. But here, the thing is, like, these uneducated Galileans who are just still... They're still learning their faith, too. right? They're, but he's being super bold, and, and all he's doing is telling what he knows. We don't have to, like have a master's or a doctorate degree in theology to share our faith. Right. It's so basic that this kid is sharing about Jesus. You know, this kid can share about Jesus. You kids can share about Jesus in a way. Here's the thing, kids. Here, Libby, listen to this too. Joey, listen to this too. You kids can share the gospel in such a simplistic and easy way to understand that you could transform the life of a 70-year-old right. and show them the faith of Jesus Christ in a way that will completely flip their life. You can speak and live the gospel in such a way, Jackson, that you can bring someone to, to believe in Jesus who's in their 50s. Or someone who's my age. Someone that's your daddy's age. Because of the way that you live your faith, the way that you talk about Jesus, can transform someone's life. Someone whose life is broken in the midst of addictions and hurts, and you speak what your joy and your love for Jesus, and their life could be forever changed. And not only that, their children can be changed. Amen. Like your friends. Because there's kids in your school that, aren't, that have parents that don't go to church, that don't believe in Jesus. But you can so radically transform their life that it impacts them to their kids and their grandkids and their grandkids. Amen. That's the opportunity that all of us have too. Think about this. 5,000 people. That's 5,000 families how much, how much of a legacy is that? 5,000 legacies. This is just the men they're counting. Each man leaves a legacy for his family name. Legacies. Generations. Completely transformed. Because of these uneducated but bold disciples. Because the new disciples... These, you know, the new disciples that, that came to faith in Jesus this day, the, you know, the 3,000 day one, and then the day, you know, then the, it could have been later that afternoon or the next day or two, 5,000 more. So we're looking at about 8,000 people, new, just men, not including their wives and their children, coming to faith in Jesus. But here's the coolest part. What does it say? That they, all these different people from all over, from every nation under heaven, every nation across this world, of course for them, across the known world, which we'll get to in a second, they took the culture of the church back to where they were from. I mean, think about this. This is where I think that, the, you know, because Paul never planted the church in, in, in Rome. He just wrote a letter to them like they had already been established. How did that get established? I preached this when I was preaching through Romans. Priscilla and Aquila may have been here, may have been in Jerusalem in this very moment. And they came to Jesus, and they went back and started the church in Rome. So the the reason, like it says, travelers from what Rome, right there in uh, what is that verse uh, end of verse ten, and visitors from Rome. So the church in Rome was planted because of what P- of Peter's sermon and teaching on the on this Pentecost day. Here's here's where we're talking about. This is the nations. So that all these things are named. So basically, it names it. From, I believe they start from the east and go. Go to the West. So all these places, this is the, the known world, and this is all the places where Paul would end up going, for the most part, except for Cyrene, maybe Egypt. But he went to Crete. He was, in, of course, in Judea, and then he took the gospel everywhere. You know, even like over, like to the East, like the Persians, Parthia, Media, um, and you know the Medes and Elamites. And so this was the this is the the known world to them at the, at this at this time. And so this already, boom, week one, they're fulfilling Acts 1.8. You will be my witnesses in what? In, in Jerusalem, all of Judea and Samaria, and then to the ends of the earth. And for them, it was fulfilled and within the week. The gospel, you know, the Great Commission was fulfilled in, within a week across the known world. And it's continually spreading. It's con- the gospel is continually going out. And we're continually fulfilling Acts eight in the church. The church is continually sending. You know there's people from Canada coming to America for for mission trips? People from Mexico. Get this. There are groups from Mexico and Africa who are coming to America to do mission trips. How does that flip your mind? (laughs) Because they're like, America is becoming so lost now that it's becoming ripe for the harvest. For other nations to come in and share the simplicity of the gospel with Americans. From their culture to our culture, the same way that we took our culture and tried to share the, our faith with Africans and Mexicans and Canadians, always had some country in our youth group. But so the new disciples took this gospel. They, but here's the thing: they didn't just take the gospel. They took the gospel message, yes, but they also took the culture of the kingdom. They continually, they continually devoted themselves, not just in Jerusalem, to the apostles' teaching, to coming to church, right? And fellowship, breaking bread like we did this morning, for those of you who got, who got bagels. <laughs> Praying together. Devoted themselves, what? To coming together. To learn, to grow, to fellowship, and to pray. So commun- communion with with God's Word, communion with one another, communion with Christ, the breaking of bread, communion, and communion with the Holy Spirit through prayer. The, the things that they, that they devoted themselves to were all about communion. Communion God's Word, church, Christ, Holy Spirit. They shared table fellowship week after week, breaking bread. But here's the thing, sharing their experience with Jesus in Jerusalem And bringing that, you know, the experience from Jerusalem and then bringing that salvation that they experienced back with them to Rome and where Cyrene and Asia, Phrygia, Pontus, Cappadocia, Mesopotamia, Crete, Egypt, Elam, Media, Parthia. They took the gospel message and the culture of the kingdom back to their hometowns. They brought their new prayer life with them. In the Holy Spirit, they're the new way of living. Think about this: Do you guys have family traditions? Do you guys have like, do you guys have other like family traditions that you have. What are what are some of your favorite favorite traditions or family memories? What are some what is, like? Do you guys have like family traditions you guys like to do like as a family? Yeah. Or like, or you know, some certain things that you've done recently that you were like, yeah, I loved that. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I love, so every, you know, so it's becoming a tradition. So we did it last year and sort of a couple of years ago, but we went, so we starting a couple of years ago. We started going to Silverwood in the summertime and going camping at Post Falls. But it was like, we would meet Amberlynn's parents there and we'd trade off the children. We'd like pass the children off to the grandparents, but be able to camp together at Post Falls, you know, our camp the uh, you know, The American Baptist camp out there in Post Falls or Mission Northwest, and then we'll go to Silverwood. But we do it we do it over Fourth of July because there's a bunch of rich people, like filthy rich people. We're talking like millionaires. We have these like mansions on the on the the river there, and and we watch the the fireworks from the dock because they spend money on their fireworks, and there's, like, at least 20 different people, like, throwing, you know, sending off, like, those, you know, the giant mortars, and, you know, send, you know shooting them over the river, so it's, like, oh. pew, pew. it was super cool, and then, of course, in, like, until, like, you know, one, two in the morning, it sounds like a battle zone, right, it's kind of like Belgrade, you know, <laughs> epic, but like this is, you know, we've done this a couple of years, and now, you know, we're Baptists, and so, you know, done it in two years is now tradition. But <laughs> and so we pass the kids off. But starting last year, we went to a place that I, I, start, I like to start calling the Sondale, the our uh, the little place that we meet off grid in on the highway between Lolo and you know Missoula and Grangeville, right there on the highway in the mountains, it was like hot springs, and we just set up camp off the road, um, to to pick up the kids. <laughs> so. And we meet halfway to, to drop off the kids and then meet halfway again to pick up the kids. But also, you know, traditional, our yearly backpacking trip, now including our family. You know, winter camp at Temple Hills. Uh, like you said, you know, Passover Sukkot and Hanukkah with, with church family and friends. What are, what are some of the, some traditions that you guys like, like to have? What are some things that you look forward to each year? Oh cool. Um my favorite one to talk about is the last one we did for me because mine's at the end of February and we got stuck in um late timber on the way back in building. <laughs> yeah. So that made an adventure. Yeah. Nice. What else? Kiz what what are some of your favorite traditions? I like Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, yeah. I like Thanksgiving. Christmas? Yeah, holidays? Christmas the holidays, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Graciana. And summer. summer. And that's when my birthday is. Ah, cool. Uh, you look forward to your birthday every year? It's June. It's June. Okay. July. July, <laughs> July 28th grade. What are you, Titi? What are some some things you look forward to? Yeah. Yeah. What are what are some traditions that you guys have as families that you think you look forward to? Yeah. Summer, yeah? You guys go to. We should like combine our trips. <laughs> go camp, go camp out at, a, at a Post Falls, Ross Point. But so, what are some think about like some of the church traditions that we have? You know, tradition that we have in the church. You know, Christmas Eve, we get together every Christmas Eve for a gathering to read the Christmas story and to, you know, kind of the two things that I remember. You know, reading, reading the Christmas story, making making sure we do that, and also the candlelight Silent Night. There's just something about you're kicking off the Christmas season. You have that now these Fifth Sunday potlucks. Becoming a you know, way of, of of our rotation, our vision I like days, that. right? I like, I like that. Yeah, yeah. Like, our, and trying to make you know vision days a quarterly rotation routine, kind of a ritual almost, right. um, just so that we have the you know, keep what we're doing and what God's doing at our forefront of our minds, right? Summer summer barbecue, you know, looking looking forward to summer barbecue. Me too. Our twelve stone nights of worship. Mm-hmm. What what other traditions can you think of, like in the church that we have? Camping, yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We like to you know, do a, a church camping trip and you know, we did, you know, like floating the Madison. Well, except that one year it got super windy and gross and so we went and just went to Norse Hot Springs. <laughs> but, um, so here's the question. So we think about traditions and we think about, you know, things that we look forward to and we think about the things that make life special. For them, the church culture of, you know, devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching. So we have every Sunday, we have a, tr- a tradition, we have a routine, we have a ritual of coming together to worship. We come, we worship, you know, I, I, I kind of welcome everyone and we sing a couple songs of worship I preach and then we take communion and respond with questions discuss around the tables right? Have fellowship, have coffee. It's a weekly ritual to have fellowship. We look forward to it. And that is the culture we're talking about. They took this culture in the early church back to their homes. That's awesome. They didn't just leave it there. No, it wasn't just like this. I'm going to compartmentalize, you know, like a waffle. You know, these different little squares, you know, I'm going to delegate this to this square and delegate this one to this square. The church was more like, you know, more like spaghetti, like women's minds. You know, like everything is connected and intertwined and affects this and affects that. And so they brought it back home with them. The experience that they had in Jerusalem affected everything else in their life. Right? right? And so they took that. They took the apostles' teaching. They took what they learned, of course, and then they waited for apostles to write them letters or to come visit them, right? And go learn from them personally. And that that culture of apostles of traveling apostles became a lot more um, a lot more standard in the church later on, when when they were able to when when the church expanded so much and more apostles were raised up to be able to continue the teaching, guys like you know Apollos and Priscilla and Aquila, and Paul and Peter and all the disciples that you know scattered, and so they took the cultures. So you as a family, you take your culture everywhere. Like kids, you take the culture and all these traditions that you get to experience. You take those to school with you. You take those to work with you. You take those traditions and the culture of the church, the culture of your faith everywhere you go. But not only that, but you can also intentionally on purpose, welcome other people into that culture. I want to kind of just kind of brush by the, you know, I don't want to necessarily brush by this, but I don't want to settle too long in this little rabbit hole, but I want to indicate that the, one of the things that was not a part of the early church culture was doing big evangelism, evangelistic events together. Right. What they did is they went out and as they were living, as they were sharing their life with people out there in the world and, you know, in the market, at, the, at work, maybe in their owners, because a lot of them were slaves in their owners, their employers, work and they, as they were working, they would share their faith. They would live their faith. They would talk about their faith. And when they wanted to get deeper, when they wanted to pursue someone, they would invite them over for a meal, right. which is exactly what Jesus did. He would sit down with people around the table right. for a meal. Right. And so the culture of the church continued into their very lives back into their cities, right. inviting people over for, meals, you know, for like, like from school, like, you know, Jackson, like we want to invite, you know, one of your classmates and their parents over and their family over for, for lunch or for dinner or for a play date right. to get to know people and to create a relationship with them. That's how people came to faith and that's how the church grew in the early church. Because you take the culture of the church, you take the culture of your faith everywhere that you go. So, which, ask, which, you, know, which you know, we need to ask the question, okay, what do we love about Jesus? What is it that if we get someone around the table that we're going to share with them? Because we can't share anything with others that we haven't first experienced. Have we experienced table fellowship with other believers so much in in, in such a way that it has made our life and our faith and our love and affection for Jesus greater to where we know what we would say? We're not like a dog that wouldn't know what to do with a car if 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 we caught one. I always imagine, like, dog, what are you trying to do? Like, if you, if you nip at my tires, you're going to go... going to spin around the tires. <laughs> what would happen if a dog caught a car? It'd be bad. What's that? That's how they die. That's how they die. Right. Yeah, Penny. Oh. <laughs> but what we need to know what to do with someone when we get them in front of us around the table. What do we love about Jesus? What is it about the Bible and what about our faith and about the church that stirs joy that we can share with others? So that we can be bold enough to open up our mouth and share our joy. Because our joy is what people are going to resonate with. Our joy is the thing that's going to invite them into our faith. Which, again, another question to ask is what do you love about the church? What do you love about our church culture? What do you love about just the being a part of the, the people of God? And here at Shift Church, but also the greater church. Being, you know, I love getting together with four or six united folks. Every 12 stone, every 46 United concert, every four or six United songwriting retreat, every time I see it's it's like coming to church. It's like a big family reunion. You know, every Sunday morning, it's like I look forward to Sunday morning because I love seeing your faces. I love getting together with our weekly family times to love and serve Jesus and to open up His Word. For me to be able to get get the opportunity to open up God's Word to us like this. I look forward to it. I look forward to Silverwood with family. I look forward to Christmas with family. I love looking forward to going to Texas to spend time with my parents and my sister and and my extended family in Texas. Do you love looking forward to... Our times together as the church. Every, yeah, I do. do you do you see these things? Do you do you have a positive perspective? Yes. Do you want to invite people to join yes. you, yes. to in, to join us? Right. Now that was one thing. You know, when I was dating Amberlin, it's like the you know I'm going to introduce you to my parents. Now, now that I know that I love you, I'm going to introduce you to my parents because then you'll really be sold in wanting to marry me because i love my family i love my parents i love my sister i love my family i loved growing up you know singing around the table i loved growing up in a musical family in a in a family that went to church i loved growing up in a family of faith and so I, and i was so looking forward to welcoming in a bride into my family do we look forward like that to inviting people to our church? To our family. I gotta introduce them because you're gonna love the Mellings. You're gonna love Gloria and Mike. You're gonna love the Smith and Noyles family. You're gonna love your church. You're gonna love Sienna. She's so sweet, she smiles all the time. Might remember her, her from the Taco Bell drive-thru. That's what I remember for. I was like, oh yeah, you're the smiley face from Taco Bell! Loved it. I always look forward to going to Taco Bell. You know, when I first moved here. Oh, really? <laughs> and then I then I stopped because she didn't work there anymore. Oh. She stopped you were fasting. Well, that too. <laughs> oh, she was fasting too. Right? Yeah. Oh. oh. Well, but, that that helps out a little bit. But so, the, but but here's because here's the thing, is that it's always a good day, to share Jesus. Think about that. It's always it's never there's never a bad day, to tell someone about Jesus. There's never a bad day to stop living your faith. Even when we're in a bad mood, sometimes it's still maybe a better time because people can see, oh wow, Christians aren't just, you know, happy, go lucky all the time. They do struggle too. You know, they get anxious too, but they see how you get to process it. They see how you get to process your stress. They see how you get to process your anxiety. They see how you get to process frustrations or joys, celebrations. They see our lives. So, it's always a good day to share Jesus. So, in order to cultivate opportunities to show and tell of his love and his goodness. So, ask yourself that question, too. On that point, Ask, ask the question, how do I show people? How do I tell people? How do I cultivate opportunities? to do this? And how can I cultivate more opportunities? Because that's the thing. How can I cultivate more? How can I do it more? How can I maybe change my life to be able to cultivate? Because you can't just find time, right? Right. You can't just find it. It's like, you know, looking for it because what happens to our schedules every month? (laughs) How can we cultivate? How can we create? How can we take our calendars and use them as a tool? to strategically place people into our lives? Oh. Amberlynn and I have a running thing about that. It's, but how can you strategically place people into your lives to create opportunities to show and tell people? Well, so that's an inspiration, but then what is a strategy? Uh, is, oh. That's an inspiration, but how, what is a strategy, and then what are some certain tactics? Text messages, conversations, phone calls, whatever. Those are the tactics. And the strategy is, I'm going to have people over for dinner, or I'm going to meet people out there, or I'm going to, I'm going to create intentional opportunities that are healthy opportunities. Right. That's the number another thing too. Make sure that they're healthy opportunities. You're not overloading your schedule, especially as, as families. You know, because it's easy. It's easy for me to overload our schedule. Like January, uh, <clears throat> January, our calendars. It's a mess, <laughs> but February is already starting out, already starting out good. Cause it's pretty empty. So yeah, intentionally not filling up the calendar so that you can have more opportunities to cultivate more opportunities to fill up a calendar <laughs> with good opportunities, with good things. So, but, but let's, let's, uh, let's pray. And we'll, we'll end our time here this morning. Jesus, we thank you for our This time, Lord, to talk about your word, Lord, to see and to hear your heart for your church. The love that we have for you, Lord, help us to be able to articulate it. Like someone asking us about our fiancé, well, why do you love them? Let us give the ability to share and to express our love and affection for you, Lord. Let us be able to articulate our love and affection for your church here at SHIFT and in, the, in this region, in this valley. Help us to take more opportunities to love and serve one another as well. Lord, that we would be a family of brothers and sisters who love and serve one another more and more every single day and find more opportunities to do, to cultivate deeper relationships with each other to devote ourselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship and the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Show us, Lord. Help us to, to cultivate these relational opportunities with one another, with others, and with you, Lord Jesus. For we pray these all these things in your name. Amen.